Hey everyone, welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. Today, we're diving into the really important question of how do you get way more free time as a business owner? And I'm not talking just like a few hours here and there every month. Like, how do you go from doing 40 hour to 60 hour to 100 hour work weeks to spending maybe an hour or less? a week, or as little time as you want on the business. Of course, I'm here today with my good friend, Liz Henson. Liz, thank you as always for being here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. And we talked before we went live here around how this is such a powerful thing and an important thing for business owners to be thinking about because so many business owners and digital CEOs in our circles and our communities think of freedom as the driving force behind why they chose to do this in terms of work. Yeah. What's that funny meme that's I quit working a day job and became an entrepreneur to work less. And now I work 24 hours a day. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Yes. And what's so interesting is the business growth advantage is now helping people with building teams, with bringing on overseas virtual assistants. And so this topic is becoming more and more top of mind for me in terms of how companies and business owners are investing to get more time back, to make their companies more productive. And yes, hands down, you can find someone overseas or local and start delegating tasks to them. And you will see some time on your calendar start to open up. But if you want that real sense of time freedom, and Liz, I'm not where I want to be yet, but just to share with you, I was planning to go to Portugal at the beginning of September. That's been planned for a while. I just got a call from my dad this morning that there's been a kind of a last minute trip planned to Sicily to see my distant relatives there. And I haven't even told my team yet, but I know that they're going to be fine with me being gone for another week because of all of the team and systems that we have in place. Yeah. And we started talking about this because we both have vacations coming up, but like I know on the back end of, the, of your team, I don't really see Joey that much because your team handles so much. It's like the chain of command. Like I don't ever have to go to you with anything. I know exactly who to go to for everything. And I don't think it'll really be that different. No offense. No, I hope it's not. But I want to talk about something that I've learned that I hope is helpful to all of you. That is the four different phases of extreme freedom and these, when I say phases, if you're playing a video game, these are four different levels that when you beat one level and you unlock the next, you get to enjoy a totally new level of freedom. And the first level is when you are mostly the doer in your business. 
Now, yes, you can also be calling yourself the CEO and be spending some time when you can find it to be thinking about the vision and other things, but mostly you're just doing the work that needs to get done. A trendy term for that is like the solopreneur. And some people embrace it. Like some people are like, I will always do all the things. Yes. This is the true solo side of things where you are completely in the business, doing all the things. And what Global Vetted VAs is so helpful at is unlocking level number two for people. Because when you go to level number two, you can evolve and transform from being a doer to a manager. And I'm using these words carefully because they all mean something different. When you go from a doer to a manager, you're letting go of those actual doer tasks, but you're still making sure that stuff is getting done. If you think about the task management software that hopefully you're using or will use when you bring on a team, you're still plugged into ClickUp or Trello or Asana. You're still making sure that assignments are getting met. You're helping manage those tasks, even though you're no longer the main doer on them. And this is where bringing on entry-level administrative overseas assistance is so helpful because if you think about everything that you're doing in your business, those doer tasks are usually the lowest hanging fruit value of your time. And so when you can delegate those doer tasks to somebody who is happy to do them for $10 an hour or less, you're really freeing up your time to do stuff that's more valuable. Yeah. And when you transition from that phase one to phase two, you get these like bite-sized wins. Yes. What it feels like to have a VA just go load in seven emails for me, right? The first steps of outsourcing and you just realize, oh my gosh, like I got that hour back. I didn't have to touch that task and it gets done once and then it gets done week after week or podcast show notes, YouTube, whatever it might be, these repeatable tasks, like you really feel that little bit of freedom at a time. And that's why I love how you're teaching us the different stages because it's no freedom, tiny bits of freedom. It's like a ladder. Yeah. And level two is not a bad place to be. So many people come to me either because they read the four hour work week or whatever, but they're like, oh my gosh, this idea of work getting done when I'm asleep or away from the business, that's what I'm dreaming of right now. And just by being in level two, you're already there. But man, we have more levels for you. Yeah. Because once you have a system and process in place that is healthy, you are spending more of your time managing than doing, and you've trained up your team, now you can start to enter. Level three is where you become mostly a leader, not a manager. And is level three where you would introduce the org chart or would you introduce that right away? I say from ground zero, look at what I call an accountability chart. Oh yeah, I love Um, that you call it that. So organization charts tend to be more kind of people specific of this person reports to this person that reports to this person. Whereas an accountability chart, even if the business is just you and you're a true solo. It allows you to look at all the different roles in the company that you or maybe you and a small team are filling. And you can mm. see broken down when you do it this way. And I'm happy to send a very 
easy template of an accountability chart, very basic that you can use to, to see this. As you go from level to level or phase to phase on this, you'll notice a drastic difference in the way that your accountability chart looks and whose names are where. Yeah, don't you have a baby version and then you have like your Mac Daddy? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the baby version and the Mac Daddy. I love it. <laughs> Once you get to level three, as I said, now you are in the leadership level. And this is where, and I want to be clear here, we don't manage people. We manage things, but we lead people. Yeah. And so when you're in this third level of leading, you're not just not doing the doer stuff anymore. And you're also no longer just managing the tasks when you get to level three, you have elevated certain people on your team to be managers for you. So now you are leading people, not managing tasks, mostly. And this is super helpful because this is when you really start to feel like you're no longer in the weeds. Yes, work is no longer needing you to get done. You can see certain things happening because of the doers on your team overnight or on the weekends or automatically, whatever. But when you become a leader, now you're not spending as much time going into the details of your task management software. You can start to focus more on higher level stuff. And it's more about just checking in with the people that you've promoted to be managers saying, how is this thing going? How is this thing going? How can I support you? love it. But we're not done yet. And being a leader sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. But I know what comes up for me just listening to this. And this is something that you and I think great leaders do really well is like separating, like when you say we don't manage people, I just think about the micromanaging, right? Yes. And gosh, like someone that's over your shoulder telling you to get it just right. But you, when you lead, you're fostering creativity and you're focused on a desired outcome more than you're focused on how to get there. And as long as the team is all focused on the same desired outcome, it's so much easier to lead when you're just thinking about outcomes and not processes. Yeah, it's, it is way easier to lead. And I'm, I fall victim to this too. Liz has a pretty solid inside scoop of what our team looks like and everything. She sees what's happening inside Slack because she's on our team. There are times as much as I am embarrassed to say it, that something will happen that will cause me to do a, deep, a little deep dive into the weeds of what's going on, which usually turns into me spending half an hour to an hour or more noticing things that I think are problems. And I try and rush to fix them or notify people. And the team is, Joey, we love you, but get out of here. We know what we're doing. Nothing is broken. And what's great about that and I just want to be clear here is it's not just, okay, great. You as the business owner get to enjoy more free time doing whatever you want, but the business is actually healthier and more effective when you as CEO aren't as involved and you can just trust certain people in their zones of genius to run certain things. Yeah. And sometimes the, it's better service, right? Like I think about yes. that all the time. What if somebody else can spend two hours doing something that I would rush through in 15 minutes, but like their entire time and attention 
is on that one thing. Doesn't it make sense that it would get done better? And you mentioned accountability charts earlier. When we think about this leadership level, if you think about that in connection to an accountability chart, and again, I'm happy to share an example of that, usually we see leadership in terms of like department leads, or you, if you want to get fancy, you can call them like the presidents of that department or the VPs of that department. And so in that way, you're seeing yourself mostly within a certain department lead category. Now, I also just want to slow down a little bit here and say that now is where it gets particularly helpful to have a mix of overseas administrative team, some of who will be rock stars and who you're confident to elevate to manager status. But it's also a good idea to start thinking about bringing on local or US-based team to come in at a manager level and who might be able one day to become more of a leader and replace you as a leader on the team. Because if you want like maximum freedom as a business owner, level four is where you find it. And level four is all about being the CEO. Yeah. Like the true CEO where you're spending most of your time being the CEO and visionary of the business and others are doing other stuff. And what would you say like a typical day would look like for someone who's in level four? Like they sit down in their computer. What do you think they're doing? I love that you ask that because honestly, there's very little that a CEO or a visionary needs to be doing at a daily or weekly level Mm. because so many of what we as business owners spend 20 to 40 hours more a week is the doer task, the manager tasks, or the leader tasks. When you're in level four and you are the CEO, you're no longer doing, you're no longer managing, and you're not just leading anymore. Again, it goes, doers are doing the work, managing or man- managers are man- managing tasks, leaders are leading the managers, CEOs lead the leaders. Yes, you might also spend time thinking creatively, managing certain big relationships, but the main chunk of your time as CEO is just carving out time so you can be there to lead the leaders on your team. And big visions, right? So maybe like mapping out quarter goals or five-year goals, like really thinking about that forward desired outcome. Yeah, or starting a new business and building this whole machine from scratch again and having a, an additional revenue stream where you can evolve up and up from these four levels. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Yeah, and that's why as much as I love books like The 4-Hour Workweek, yeah. it stops at this level one idea of freedom or level two of freedom, just going from the doer to the manager. But I think it's important for people who are reading books around the four-hour work week or something like it, that a lot of those books aren't just written for business owners. They're really just meant for everyone to say, okay, what can we be doing to be having things like virtual assistants and personal assistants helping us? But it doesn't have to stop there. And if you, again, really want not only freedom for yourself, but a very strong business, then you owe it to your business to replace yourself in the doer manager and leader levels. I 
love it. We need like an infographic to go with this. Can we do that? Yeah, it Can looks. We tell your team like we need like a, a swipe infographic for each of the stages, and then for the doer, the manager, the leader. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Let us know in the comments if we've got any amazing graphic designers here. Yeah. And we have someone that says the owner is the Eiffel Tower. The tower doesn't make a lot of money. The cafes and restaurants around it do, but the owner has to become the draw by writing and creating relationships. I love it. Mm -hmm. And without diving too much into personalities, I'm really fascinated by this concept of some people that are almost like the face of their business. And then they bring in someone else to be the CEO because they realize that their strength is not in maybe the leadership or the visionary stuff, they're just like the actor, right? Like they're doing the videos, they're doing the the social media personality, whatever it might be. What is like your kind of take on that, Joey? You know what? That's a great idea and, or that's a great question. And I want to pull up something to help me answer it. Let's see here. I do think that it's true that we're seeing that more and more. Especially bigger companies. Yeah. And I've heard other entrepreneurs say, I'm going to hire a CEO. Because they really, truly love being in this kind of one spot of their business. Um, And I know enough about myself to know that I really love to be outward facing, but not in a way that's like, everyone look at me. It's like what you and I do on the show. It's I live to be the MC or shine the light on somebody else and the amazing work that they're doing. So like, where do I belong? (laughs) Okay. Let me see if I can pull this up. Easily. I love how I always just make you fix me and coach me on the spot. No, it's such a good question. And I know there's a higher quality picture of this somewhere on the internet, but let me see if I can share this with you guys. All right. I do like the Eiffel Tower. That gives you a really good mental picture. Whoever shared yes. That yes, I agree. So you guys take a look at this that I just put on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, we'll make sure that you've got a link to the video version of this. This is a visual of as you're in business, you start to hit certain dips. So there's certain periods of growth that we as business owners have. And then what worked to get us to that point won't get us to the next point. And so there's usually a bit of a dip and that we have to work through and figure out to get to the next level. So there's stuff that we're doing that helps us get to you know, under a million, then over a million, then 10 million, and then 50 million. And this could be broken down no matter where you are in your journey. If you're just like at 30K and you're trying to hit 100K and then you're trying to hit, I'm like, this is so realistic. And I don't know why my mind feels blown that I've never seen this before, but I feel very seen right now. (laughs) Knowing that if I look back and reflect on how far I've come, it's like I've gone up. I've gone way up, but like to feel yourself in those dips, it feels like a crisis exactly like this picture. So I'm showing all of you this to give you context for what I'm about to say, which is that if you are seeing those examples of business owners who are finding a CEO to run the business or a fractional CEO, you have to pay that person a reasonable salary to be the CEO of that business to take it to the next level. And instead of saying, I don't love being a CEO, I just want to be the visionary. How can I find someone to run the company while I be the visionary? I would encourage you instead to think about that issue in alignment with this graph. Okay, if I'm going to be eventual, if my end game is to have a CEO come in and run the business better for me, how 
does the business need to look revenue-wise so that we have the budget to pay someone what they need to be paid to be the CEO? And it's your responsibility to get the business there because you don't really get to be the face only of your business until you hit, and it depends on your industry, but until you hit a certain point in the business where you got it far enough without an external CEO where the business can afford it. And so if, again, if you're seeing businesses that are like that, where the business owner seems to just be the face of the brand, someone else is really running things, think about it this way, because it's not that you have to make any adjustments or huge investments now to make that happen. Nothing is wrong with you. But for the business that have successfully made that transition, it's probably because they got to a certain point on this graph, realized that they couldn't hit the next milestone without a change in leadership, and then brought in a CEO. Yeah, this is so true. We've all, And I want you to share that picture in the group too, and just who feels seen by yeah. just seeing that. We've all, we all know the silly squiggly line analogy, but this is truly what it is when you can look back and say, gosh, I've come so far. If I would have talked to myself three years ago and said, I'm working the way that I'm working and I have the team and I'm making what I'm making, like I would have fallen out of my chair. But when we're in it, all we can think about is that next crisis, right? Yep. And it doesn't, like James always said, it doesn't feel any different. (laughs) No, it doesn't feel any different. And it's inevitable that what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. And that's why those dips are so important. Yeah. Because you can't just do the same thing and have that straight line up. You have to have those crises. I'm yes. like, I love that it calls it that. It's so real. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So recap the four stages for us again, since I led you down a little bit of a rabbit trail. And then I did write down one really cool question that we can end on. Okay. Awesome. So stage one or level one is being the main or sole doer where you're doing all the things. You look at that accountability chart and next to every role and responsibility is your name. Level number two is manager. This is where you're starting to work with others on your team who are the doers and you're managing those projects. Other people might be doing it, but you're still the responsibility still falls with you to manage all of the projects. Level three is leader, where you are now leading one or more managers on the team who are helping the doers. And finally, level four is CEO, where you are leading the leaders on the team. This is where you're truly and genuinely operating at the top of the accountability chart in terms of where most of your time is being spent. I love it. So good. Okay. So the question I wrote down, because I hear this all the time and I'm sure you do too. And I want to hear like Joey's uh, philosophy. So what would you say to someone that is, I want to grow my team, but I just need five me's. I hear that all the time. I just want to clone myself. I just need someone who can be me. What would you say to that person? You can. For those types of doer tasks, you can absolutely clone yourself. And it's called having a really clear SOP. That's how you do it. Actually, they're better than clones of you because these SOPs are very thoughtful. They're almost robotic. And the SOPs themselves don't make mistakes. You're building and tweaking towards a perfect version of what your processes look like. Yeah. And so if they've never created an SOP, 
what would you, what kind of advice would you give them to make their first one? Make sure that you're inside our Facebook group because I'm going to be sharing a template that you all can use as a starting point. We call it our SOPs for SOPs our SOP for SOPs. It's our master SOP. Whenever we have a new process that we need to build an SOP around, we go back to this Google doc, we copy it and we work from there. Yeah. Oh, I love that you have an SOP for SOPs. And my husband, so my husband's in corporate, but he always says they're not called SOPs anymore. It's best practices. My gosh. No, (laughs) it's wondering what an SOP is. It's truly just a process as it, that is the best way Yes. Do something. And just to clarify, it's not best practices in terms of here are tips around how to do this. It's step one, step two. Here are the required steps based on our lessons learned around best practices. Yeah. Anything that is repeatable and everything in theory, pretty much everything we do in our business should be repeatable to an extent. So any of those repeatable tasks that you're doing every single week, even email inbox management, I've seen some really cool ways that people are, I always was like, how do you outsource that? That has to be me. And this is a topic for another episode, but (laughs) I'm really pushing you today. But what I'm hearing a lot right now and what people are getting super excited about, but I don't think it's that helpful is people are sharing these resources of like, here's 872 things that you could have your VA do for you. Those are really cool lists to read. And it's really awesome to see just how much you can actually delegate. But when you start bringing on your team, the goal isn't just to give them the most creative thing to do for you. It's really what are the types of projects that you can start having someone else do for you that will be most helpful to the business. And I'm working on a kind of shorthand list right now that can help you first do an audit of where your business is at. And then based on that audit, it tells you here is the first main project that you should be assigning to your VA. So good. Yeah. Like podcast management, right? Something that probably... Honestly, I would not recommend podcast management as a first thing to give to a VA. Because it's not attached to revenue or what's your take? Because it's not attached to one of the biggest risks around your business. I'll do a quick recap and then we'll go to this. Uh, we can minutes. save some of this for a special episode if we're going too deep here. <laughs> no, but this is great. Okay. There are, re- And I'm working on this list, but right now I've identified seven things that, again, Before you dive into any of these, it's helpful just to do kind of go through an audit to see which one of these is the biggest incompletes in your business currently. But number one, do you currently have an SOP for SOPs? Mm -hmm. If not, that should become a high priority thing that you have your VA build for you. Number two, is your team communication hub, not email, but I'm talking like something like Slack, is the place that you want your team to be communicating with you, is that well organized? If not, then they can help you create a process for best practices around how to use that tool. And Liz, you've seen our Slack channel. It took us time to get here, but we now have, we have essentially organized our Slack workspace so that it aligns with our accountability chart. Yeah. So that nobody DMs each other or we want to keep that to a minimum and everybody is communicating in the team spaces that makes the most sense. 
And your ClickUp is the same way. You recently yes. have to like change that to match the accountability chart too. Yes. Yes. That's another one. No, number three is financial confidence. So do you have a solid grasp on the financial side of business, your bookkeeping, budgets, cash flow, and projections? Not that you then need to have your teammates figure it out, but there is work that you can give them that helps you figure out what that should look like. You guys can be learning that together. You can be going through programs like Profit First together. There are a bunch of other options. This is a great way, a great opportunity to invest in a course or a program. And then you and your VA can work together because the financial side of your business, not just like money revenue generating activities, but revenue tracking activities is helpful for the business. Number four, course completion. It's time to look at that online course cemetery that you've created where all of those intentions have gone to die and you've just got hours of content you've never watched. Have you completed and implemented all of the courses, programs, and resources that you invested in? If not, you've got a backlog of stuff that you can have them watch and take notes for you. Mm. Time integrity is number five. So are you currently honoring all of the commitments on your calendar and to-do list? If not, then that is a great recurring task for you to have a VA do for you where they join a meeting with you once or twice a week where you get stuff on your calendar. The things that you say you're going to do that week, you fill up the calendar with the work that's on your to-do list. And then you go back and you reflect and you make sure that you did the things that you said you'd do. And if you didn't, that stuff gets moved into the next week. Yeah, that's been huge. That's a big one. Number six is client support. So would your clients be taken care of if you couldn't work for a week? If not, it's time to start finding touch points where your overseas VA can help you take care of your clients. And then similarly and finally, number seven is lead conversion. So would you be able to close sales if you couldn't work for a week? So good. And you're so you're mapping this all now, all out now. I'm mapping this all out now. Yeah, because it's, it's great to think of, okay, yeah, I can bring on a podcast editor email, all that, those can all be time saving things to delegate. And I, and I don't want to discount that those are strong things to delegate to a VA, but I think for the sake of your business and you really getting out of the weeds and creating processes, there's a series of things that you can give to VAs before you shift to those more specific kind of time saving things that can help the business be on a solid foundation. Yeah. And I think the two that really jumped out at me that I think someone would need in like the very earliest stages are the SOP about SOPs, right? And having someone on your team that can almost be the driver of the systems and the creation. And then building out that accountability chart, because the sooner you, and even without names, but the sooner that you have named every single thing that has to get done in your business the sooner you can organize that Slack channel and that click up and start building everything around those tasks. And I love that you always organize it around the task because I'm having this problem where I keep doing the opposite and I'm organizing it around the people, like you said. Yeah. And I think that to be honest, it's like, because I've been too lazy to just write out every single task because there's so many. It's not a natural thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, Teaching those two things, whether it's in the Facebook group or in your course or wherever, I think, and having access to that would be really powerful. The difficult part is, and I hope that we get to hear from some of the listeners, is like, 
what makes this feel really important? Like we know how important it is because we've been through it and like been in those trenches, but oh my gosh, if I could go back and have this knowledge before I started bringing on anybody, that would be gold. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, it's so easy to lose sight of these types of topics because we often just have our heads so buried in the work that we don't think, okay, like in an ideal world, what's actually possible for how I could be spending my time. Yeah. And again, there is definitely opportunity for growth on my end, but you all, I have gotten a taste for what it's like to have level four freedom. And it is so possible. It's not a quick flip of a switch, but every, every month, every quarter, you can make slight adjustments and turning dials slowly, incrementally, and easily every few quarters find yourself leveling up. Yeah. And I, I love this saying recently of once you get there, whether it's health, whether it's weight loss, whether it's business, like you're never going to care how long it took. Yes. Once you're there, you're not going to say, oh, it took me four years or it took me six months. You're just going to be so freaking glad that you reached that goal. Yes. Yeah. So it's never too early to start. It's never too late to start. But yeah, this is all really good. This was a good episode. I'm already like thinking, oh my gosh, I want to send this to my team and oh. my friend. And- <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. It's just so important. And I think there's studies out there that like team building is one of the least invested in kind of categories of business, right? Like mm. people aren't pulling out their wallets to invest in learning how to grow a team. They're you know buying the next big thing or, buy, or a social media manager rather than doing the team building stuff first. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. But my gosh. Liz, I'm just, I'm so grateful to you for being here because as always, you've asked amazing questions that has resulted in this being a a super valuable conversation. I love whenever we can hop on these calls every other week. If you guys have, if you're tuning into this live or on the replay, you have any questions, let us know. And also I'm curious, we've gone through those four stages. Where do you currently find yourself? Let us know in the chat. Give us a one if you feel like right now you're in mostly the doer level. Give us two if you feel like you've elevated to manager. Give us a three if you now see yourself as a leader. And give yourself a four if most of your time at this point is truly in the CEO space where you're spending most of your days and weeks and months just leading the leaders on your team. Yeah. And even if it feels messy, like I know for me, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely a two but I also, I operate as a leader. It's just like my way sure. of being. So it's a little messy because I haven't properly gone from step one to step two to step three. I'm like operating as a three who doesn't have all the SOPs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you said that because it is, it can absolutely be true that you are being a leader on your team, but still finding that two resonates the most because that's where you're spending most of your time. Yeah. And I know that's where my pain points are. And I'm having, I need to be better and improve at managing tasks because I can lead people all day, but I'm not so great at managing tasks. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And then thanks Nicolette for joining in the chat. Anybody who is feeling like you're at a one or maybe a two, make sure that you've taken a look at Global Vetted VAs. Make sure that you've looked at all of the resources that we've made available for you. Before we go, a a big announcement for everyone in case you missed it in our Facebook group. We are running a really amazing discount 
for global vetted VAs throughout the rest of August. Uh, if I'm being honest, we're doing this partly because it's my birthday month and also partly because we know that this is just a particularly busy time for people, especially parents, but really anyone. This is a busy time, whether you're trying to just squeeze in those last vacation days or whatever. We wanted to do some type of a give back in terms of you know, this being back to school season. And so for anybody who knows that they need to take this step in terms of bringing a VA on your team, we're giving you $200 off if you sign up for Global Vetted VAs before September 1. So we'll have more information in, in the comments and the show notes for you. Anything else that we didn't cover, Liz? No, I, as a mom, I definitely appreciate anything that's like acknowledges back to school because it's a crazy time. And I will jump over to the Facebook group and put the Global Vetted VAs site. Do they need to use a coupon code? Is a direct link? I know you put that in the group today, but. Yes, there is a coupon code. There also is a direct link that we've created that just takes you directly to the checkout page and automatically applies the coupon code. Okay, cool. And I'm also going to put the link for the free course that you're still building in that comments thread since we'll already have a couple of different links. And that way, if any of you guys missed that, you'll have access to all the free stuff as well, because it's going to be awesome. And it already is. No. Again, thanks you all for tuning in. Thanks, Liz, for being an incredible co-host. I'll just hang out and let you teach me. It's great. (laughs) I think that'll do it for this week, everybody. Yeah. Awesome, you guys. Thanks. All right. See you, everyone. See you next week. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. Learn